Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Hello there, and you are very welcome to this episode of the Letter from Ireland podcast. This is Mike Collins, and the title of today's show is Pride, Prejudice, and a Great Irish Literary Family. Well, you could probably tell from that particular title that today's episode, in fact, is all about a particular literary theme, where we focus in on two letters that Queen is going to read. The first, actually, I suppose we took the theme of the great novel Pride and Prejudice, and we start to look at some of the surnames and the relationship to Ireland around those particular surnames. Then we actually look at a particular literary family in the second letter that uh, the father basically uprooted from County Down in the north of Ireland and travelled over to Yorkshire in the early part of the 1800s, and more about that in a few moments. But, you know, um, first and foremost, let me say that you can find the show notes for today's episode at a letterfromireland.com forward slash 718. That's a letterfromireland.com forward slash 718. And as ever, if you uh, wish to subscribe to the podcast, we really would appreciate it, depending on what uh, particular player you're in, uh, whatever it takes. And I think it's probably a good idea to move on now with a particular piece of music. We're going to start off with a piece of music that's very appropriate, I think, for the theme and time for today. It's Carolyn's Concerto by the Chieftains, and it's composed by Turlock O'Carolyn, who was alive during the 17th century and probably became known as Ireland's composer in later years. So I really enjoy this particular piece of music. I hope you do too. On we go with Carolyn's Concerto.
let me begin by asking you a question. Have you ever considered the difference between the male and female of our species? I guess the main differences, beyond the obvious, range across a wide variety of subtleties. Take myself and Mike, for example. We were both exposed to the prose of Jane Austen in school through novels like Pride and Prejudice. In Mike's case, the book was scanned rapidly for cliff notes, while I joyfully immersed myself and revisited the book and subsequent TV productions many times over. Jane Austen, Pride, Prejudice and Four Irish Surnames. Jane Austen published her books to great acclaim within the England of the early 1800s. Women among the landed gentry lived a restricted life that revolved around the right connections and securing the correct marriage proposal. Jane Austen managed to both expose and satirise this world with her simple plot lines and complex characters, all brought to life by descriptive prose and sparkling dialogue. In her book, Pride and Prejudice, we are served up the main plot ambition within the first sentence. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. And so we are introduced to the Bennet family and a whole host of characters. This first sentence leads us into a book that then unwinds into a book of manners, ambition, class, the pride of Mr. Darcy and the prejudice of Elizabeth Bennet. Maybe you're a fan of the writings of Jane Austen like myself, or how about the adaptations of her work? But let's see if there's any substance in considering the difference between the male and female characters in her books and of our species. From the England of Jane Austen to Ireland. I'm often asked, is my surname Collins Irish or English? Or is my surname Irish or Scottish? By the time Jane Austen was publishing her novels of English society, Ireland had recently joined the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland, and the penal laws against Catholics were coming to an end. Most Irish Gaelic names had assumed an anglicised version at this stage, many of which were pegged to a similar-sounding English surname. For example, O'Clerig, spelt O-apostrophe-C-L-E-R-I-G-H, was not only anglicised to Cleary, but also to Clark. So we had O'Clerig becoming anglicised to Cleary and then to Clark. Let's take another one, MacGowan, M-A-C-G-A-B-H-A-N-N, was being anglicised to both MacGowan, M-C-G-O-W-A-N, and believe it or not, to Smith. Through the 1700s, there were real and tangible benefits to having an English-sounding surname. Now, how about we get specific and take four of the surnames featured in Jane Austen's novel, Pride and Prejudice? Now, let's start with the author herself, Jane Austen. The surname Austen, A-U-S-T-E-N, spelt with the E, 
R-A-U-S-T-I-N, spelt with an I, appeared in Ireland about the 14th century. It is spread widely and thinly across the island, and so it's very hard to tie to a particular region of origin. The heroine of the book, Miss Elizabeth Bennet. Bennet is an example of a surname that arrived in Ireland in two waves. First, there are the Bennets who arrived in County Kilkenny in the early 1300s, and as a result, the surname is quite prevalent in that area. Just a few weeks back, we visited Bennett's Bridge near the town of Kilkenny, a lovely village on the River Nore. A branch of the Bennett family also headed north and became known as the Mac Bennetts, and they settled around counties Down, Monaghan and Tyrone. Up with suitor number one, the prideful Mr Darcy. Now, the Darcy surname is widespread in Ireland and in the eastern half of the country, there are often the Darcys who arrived with the rest of the Normans from the 1100s. However, to the west, we find them as one of the tribes of Galway, where Darcy is often the anglicisation for a native Irish Gaelic surname. Suitor number two. The creepy Mr. Collins. Okay, Jane does not use the word creepy when she describes this cleric. However, she does let us know that he is not a sensible man and the deficiency of nature had been but little assisted by education or society. Oh, poor Mr. Collins. I must admit I would have preferred a stronger character tied to our Collins family name. Collins is the classic example of a name that has been borrowed from English and reattached to an old Irish Gaelic surname. It is one of the most numerous surnames in Ireland and it's found primarily in Cork and Limerick. Comes from the old Irish name meaning from uh, the name being O'Quillon and of course the meaning of O'Quillon is a young whelp of a dog. And that's Collins for you. So you can see from these examples that when I get asked, is your surname Irish or English? The answer is often, it depends. We Irish aren't as pure as we might let on. We took on many ideas, names and spellings down through the years and millennia, creating a real melting pot, but somehow managing to keep a strong sense of identity and heritage. Jane Austen died in 1817 at a very young age of 41 and she never visited Ireland, but her family does actually have strong links to the island. Two of her young nieces ended up near the village of Guidor in County Donegal, where their own descendants became both Irish speakers and social reformers. I wonder if they married well. I guess that's a story for another time. Town in the county down one morning last July From a boring green came a sweet Colleen And she smiled and she passed me by She looked so sweet from her two bare feet To the sheen of her nut brown hair Such a coaxing elf sure I shook myself For to see I was really there From Battery Bay on the Derrick Jay 
I'm from Galway to Dublin town No maid I've seen like the brown Colleen That I met in the county down As she onwards bit, sure I scratched my head And I looked with the feeling rare And I said, says I to a passerby You're the maid with the nut brown hair He smiled at me and he says, says see That's a gem of Ireland's crown Young Rosie McCann from the banks of the Bat She's the star of the country down From Patrick Bay of the Daring Jay I'm from Galway to Dublin town No maid I sing like a fair Colleen That I met in the county down She'll be surely there And I dress in my Sunday clothes But my shoes shone bright And my hot cock bright For a smile from a nut brown rose No pipe of smoke, no horse I'll yoke Till my plow is rust-colored brown Till the smiling bright By my own fireside Just the star of the county down From Battery Bay Of the Daring Jay I'm from Galway to Dublin town No more I sing Like a brown colleen That I made in the county down From Battery Bay of the Daring Jay I'm from Galway to Dublin town Double made I sing like a brown colleen That I made in the county down From Battery Bay of the Daring Jay I'm from Galway to Dublin town Double made I sing like a brown colleen That I made in the county down The star of the County Down there from Van Morrison and the Chieftains. Lovely, lively piece of music and a very appropriate introduction to our next letter. As it was County Down where Patrick Prunty, Patrick O'Prunty, was born in the latter part of the 1700s. Now, you may be very wondering basically who Patrick O'Prunty is or may not have heard of that surname, but you probably did hear of his daughters who were called Charlotte, Emily, and Anne. And you may actually know them by his adopted surname. He changed Prunty to the surname Bronte on arrival in Yorkshire in the early part of the 1800s. So I think we'll go straight over to Karina now to share this, the story of the Irish origins of one great literary family. Given the times we live in, it seems that every second programme on TV these days presents a nostalgic throwback to a time of big houses, big dresses and butlers. So I thought it would be a good idea to delve into the Irish connections of one family of writers responsible for the source material for many of these big houses screen adaptions. The Irish Origins of a Great Literary Family I received a letter from Teresa Burns. Among other things, she mentions, My father's side is the big mystery from somewhere back in the generations. The last name is Pronti, which I have seen in the maps of Irish names, but not a location of the origins. I have discovered a number of clans with that last name in England, Ireland and Australia currently, but believe there are relatives of some sort since two of them look just like my father's brothers. When I saw mention of the surname Pronti, 
I thought to myself, that's going to be a subject of a letter from Ireland soon. And so here we are. I must say that the mannered novels of the 19th century, books by Jane Austen, the Bronte sisters and so on, had little effect on me as a teenager. However, I vividly remember watching a pop music show in the 70s. It featured a small girl with big hair and good moves. She had a voice like none I'd heard before. Her name was Kate Bush and the song was Wuthering Heights. I'm sure most of the world has heard of Kate Bush at this point as she turned out to be a real unique talent. She was also, by the way, the daughter of Honora Daly from County Waterford, an accomplished Irish dancer, proving the point, apples don't fall far from the tree. But that's only the start of the Irish connections here. One of the things I did as a result of hearing Kate Bush's sing that wonderful Wuthering Heights song was to read the books uh, Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre, written by the Bronte sisters. Well, you might be asking, where's the Irish connection there? And here is what I discovered. Patrick O'Pronty was born to a farming family in the county down on St. Patrick's Day, 1777. He was a bright young man and won a scholarship to Cambridge in England, where he was eventually ordained as a minister. Somewhere along the line, he must have felt that his name of Pronty was working against him. P-R-U-N-T-Y. And he decided to change the spelling to Bronte. I guess he did not realise that his name change would be brought to people's attention hundreds of years later. Following his ordination, Patrick met and married Maria Branwell, and they started a family together, eventually settling in Yorkshire, where he became a local curate. They had six children, Maria, Elizabeth, Charlotte, Patrick, Emily and Anne. However, Maria Branwell in 1821 died at a young age and was followed a few years later by her daughters Maria and Elizabeth. These terrible losses left Patrick Bronte in charge of a young family of four surviving children. His work as curate left Charlotte, Emily and Anne alone quite a lot with their brother and aunt and many people have guessed how their stories and imagination must have been sparked off each other in those times. The Bronte sisters published a book of poems together in 1846 under the pseudonyms of Three Brothers. However, it was the publication of their novels over the following four years that provided the legacy that we know today. In 1847 alone, Charlotte published Jane Eyre, Emily published Wuthering Heights and Anne published Agnes Grey. While Jane Eyre was one of the best-selling books of that year, it took some years for the full output of the sisters to receive the literary recognition that they enjoy today. It's extraordinary to see such talent and fame come from a single household of young sisters. Who knows how much more we would have witnessed from the Bronte sisters had they lived beyond their young ages. It is often said that the worst tragedy for a parent's parent is to outlive their children and so Patrick Pronte, now Patrick Bronte, must have dove deep into his faith by the time he died at the grand old age of 84. He had outlived his wife and all his children by a considerable margin. But back to Teresa Byrne's letter who wrote to us about her father's Pronte side of the family. 
Teresa, I hope you can feel your connection to this extraordinary literary family. Here's to the O'Prontes of County Down, a small and localised family surname. It comes from the Irish meaning bestower of generosity. And I think that the Prontes gift to the world through Patrick Bronte has been generous indeed.
Well, I bet you could see that one coming. There, of course, we had Kate Bush with Wuthering Heights. And Wuthering of Heights, of course, uh, the song itself based upon the novel by Emily Bronte, who Karina actually shared the story of just before that piece of music. In fact, Kate Bush herself, um, just in case you're wondering, does actually have Irish connections. Her mother was Hannah Daly from Watford, a nurse who made her way to England, where she married uh, Kate's uh, English father. So, you know, there we have yet another, hopefully, kind of piece of, uh, I I, I would hope, artistic genius coming through from the Irish strain. Maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, We certainly enjoyed putting it together, sharing the stories and sharing the music and threading together the theme of, you know, I suppose kind of that literary theme through today. Um, You will find the show notes for today at alettafromireland.com forward slash 718. That's alettafromireland.com forward slash 718. So until next week, this is Mike Collins saying slam for now. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our Green Room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage. Because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán Gafol, Karina. <laughs>